Welcome back to the QCC, everybody. Today we're joined by a couple of the best creatives in Charlotte, in my opinion. Uh, we got Khalil and Malikan here from Lloyd Visuals. How's it going? Appreciate you. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm glad to have y'all on. We've been trying to get it, get y'all in here for a little bit, so I'm glad we uh, we got y'all in finally. So g- give me a little bit of background on yourselves. Yeah, so I am Malik, so I'm the youngest brother of uh, Lloyd Visuals. We are three brothers who uh, kind of came together with different skill sets, uh, started a production company in 2016. Yeah, 2016 officially. Um, but yeah, I just started getting into videography, filmmaking in high school. Uh, once I got to college, we kind of started the business and uh, came down here full time after I graduated. So that's the short and dirty version. <laughs> you can yep. Yeah. So yeah, like Malik said, we got started in 2016. Um, started flirting with the idea in 2015, though. Uh, so we're originally from Greensboro and by way of New York. So I was born in New York. A lot of our family was there. Uh, parents met there and then they decided that they didn't want to raise us in the city. So uh, we then migrated down to Greensboro and, you know, attended K through 12 there and then came to UNC Charlotte for college. Um, you know, in college, I studied, wanted to study business, but had to work, you know, two, three jobs just to support myself through college. And so um, I went ahead and pivoted to health communications and public health. And when I graduated in December of 2014 from UNC Charlotte, um, stepped right into the corporate world. And so I started off as a data analyst. Simultaneously, as I was graduating, Malik was going into Appalachian State. And that's when I pitched the idea to him and Najim, our middle brother, uh, about starting a video production company. Like Malik mentioned, you know, you started picking up the camera in high school and got really good, started winning national competitions, uh, Skills USA, and just saw that he really had a gift for cinematography. And, you know, from there, I figured that we just put all our skills together. Um, I would say that I'm more so of like the business brain behind the operations. Malik is definitely uh, more so the production side, technical guy. Najim is the marketing and branding. And so, yeah, that's what makes up Louis Visuals. Cool. So I was looking back on your Instagram the other night. And I saw that you like you dropped out of your job to pursue this. What was that like for you taking yeah. that dive into this? Yeah, um, I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I have to give a lot of credit to my experience in the corporate world because had I not experienced that, I wouldn't have known that it wasn't for me. And I also picked up a lot of good experience um, around what it takes to run a multi-million, billion-dollar corporation, you know, from the inside. And so I was able to take a lot of those skills and then directly apply that to Lloyd Visuals, business communication, you know, staying on top of things, uh, being very punctual, uh, following up. I mean, all the really like basic keys to running a business, I was able to learn uh, in that corporate setting. And uh, for me, like I said, you know, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was like 12 years old. And so it was just a matter of figuring out exactly what I would end up doing. Um, but all in all, I mean, the leap was, yes, it was scary, but I was prepared. I'm a big guy. Um, I'm a real big proponent around self-awareness. And so for me, I knew that taking that leap um, and building my parachute on the way down, I would potentially be able to land pretty softly. And, you know, by the grace of God, you know, we've been able to sustain ourselves, you know, for the, for the past four years, running a full uh, production company. So, yeah, that's awesome. And it seems like, I mean, all three of y'all, you have like the perfect skill sets to like mesh with each other. It's like the A-team. Tell me a little bit about how all of your skills come together to, to make Lloyd Visuals what it is. 
Yeah, so we all kind of have our kind of unique perspectives or unique talents um, just naturally throughout our, our college careers and through our uh, professional careers. So with me being in videography, um, I started creating fashion videos for our middle brother, Najim. So he works as a stylist and um, is a brand influencer as well. So uh, being able to collaborate with him kind of started that uh, passion or that drive to just keep creating for fun. Um, then we found a way to make a business model out of it, um, doing videos for like politicians, small businesses, artists, entrepreneurs um, around North Carolina and then eventually um, nationwide and, and worldwide. So um, that's something that's really kind of helped us grow is like our different perspectives and different talents. Um, Khalil, especially on the business side, knowing that he's able to make connections, he's able to network and provide us with the uh, structure to, to move and to, to grow. Um, and with me just constantly learning, like from production, you know, creative um, art kind of things that that's kind of helped all of us kind of grow and build together. So tapping into your creative side a bit, um, I saw one of the taglines on your on your website was like, you want to tell the stories from people with a bunch of different backgrounds. What kind of drives y'all to tell all those narratives? Yeah, I mean, it's really based upon where we're from and the environment that we grew up in. Um, you know, here in Charlotte and really just around the world, there are not a lot of production companies that are black owned, uh, minority owned. And so we really lean into that. We take pride in that. We feel like we have a unique perspective that we can bring to every production. And so that's really what drives us. Um, in 2019, we got the opportunity to travel around the world with Airbnb. And that was a one in a lifetime opportunity because we got plopped in the middle of Mexico City or Bali or Rio de Janeiro and just got immersed in the culture and just had to figure it out. Um, but being able to capture the stories of folks in those uh, cities was really lovely because, you know, cameras, without cameras, it wouldn't have taken us all around the world, right? Like I, I owe a lot to, you know, these, these Sony cameras, <laughs> and, uh, these Canon cameras, because, you know, without them, you know, we wouldn't be able to tell the stories. And um, ultimately, you know, I think what's really important is being able to shape a new narrative. And so, you know, there are a lot of different narratives that are being pushed out in the media. And what's so cool about right now is we're in a digital age where you can literally pick up your iPhone. You know, you don't have to have the latest version. You can have the iPhone 10 or 9. And you there, can. There is no 9. There is no 9. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever. You can pick up the iPhone and film your own short commercial or short movie, right? And really tell your story. What we do as digital storytellers is we really immerse ourselves in the story um, and bring that to life visually. And we really have a, um, a cultural competency lens on how we approach um, different projects, especially if we are capturing stories from people from underserved communities. Uh, we think it's really important because we are from underserved community to be able to you know, shed light, but do it in a very, um, integral, like really bring integrity into the work. And so that's what really means a lot to us to be able to tell stories uh, from people from our community that otherwise maybe wouldn't get the spotlight that, um, that you know, they really truly deserve, you know, without, you know, us being uh, 
a resource or and a vendor uh, for other companies here in Charlotte. So I think that's really what sets us apart. But ultimately, um, you know, it's a huge blessing to be able to take our experiences and then connect with people uh, from all over the place. So yeah, it's really important to us. Yeah. So going back on that Airbnb trip, I mean, I remember seeing when when you were shooting it, it looked like a crazy trip. I mean, were were there any stories from some of those places and those people that stood out to you? Because I bet, I mean, I bet some of those people you filmed probably never even maybe have been on video ever before. Yeah, I mean, it's a ton of stories. I'll let you start. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because uh, there there is a sort of language barrier when you're interviewing people who who maybe don't speak English well or don't speak English at all. So um, that's something that we've had to you know, not combat, but just uh, adapt to. So everywhere we went, um, wanted to make sure that we know the greetings, we knew like, you know, the basic uh, language of the land. Um, that was something, a, a very interesting learning process, kind of being able to um, pull out the best, you know, uh, reactions or, or words from people um, who maybe don't speak our language. So. Um, in those cases, it helps to have someone from the local community to talk to, to talk to. Um, and that way it's not us coming into the community kind of telling, you know, their story for them is, is them, um, being able to express themselves fully. Uh, so that, that's something that we, we learned a lot from. You know, every time we would go to a city where we were working, um, we would get a chance to actually, um, you know, go and experience one of the Airbnb experiences um, on the platform. And so um, the one in particular that I'm thinking about uh, was a couple. So when we were in, in Rio, we got a chance to hop on a helicopter. That was pretty cool. We uh, took the helicopter around Christ the Redeemer and got a lot of great shots like in the helicopter, which was really cool. Um, it was kind of kind of surreal. like being on top of Sugarloaf Mountain. It's um, a really scenic uh, mountain in Rio de Janeiro. And they're like two levels. So you take a trolley up to one, um, you can see a nice view. There's a helipad there and you get to go up to another level uh, with the trolley. And then the sunset there is just amazing. So we ended up going two times. We went one day and then we came back the next day because it was that beautiful. Um, I mean, they even have like a jewelry store at the top of the mountain just in case yeah, you want to propose, right? Like yeah. it's that, it's that scenic. Um, so that was a really cool experience. And the other one I'm thinking about is when we were in Bali and we did a waterfall tour. So we basically drove three hours to, I don't know, North Bali somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was pretty scary um, just because, <laughs> the, and that's the ride that is, because when we drove to our location, I mean, the roads are so narrow and there are a lot of bikes, yeah. so a lot of motorbikes. So, you know, we're going down these really narrow, curving roads and, you know, folks are flying by us on bikes and, you know, it's just a different experience. And we're, you know, obviously on the opposite side of the road. Um, but when we got to our location, we walked probably like 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. um, through different waterfalls, got to walk through a neighborhood um, in, in Bali, in the area that we were at. And it was just very, very beautiful. I mean, it was an experience that I'll just never forget, uh, being able to interact with the locals and see how they live. I mean, very, very humble. I mean, they really don't have much, but yeah, they seem very happy. What's cool about that area, and I'm, I'm hoping they're doing well. Obviously, this is, this is pre-COVID, so um, 
but they they really embrace the the tourism community and instead of allowing uh tourists to come in and you know kind of run the the eco his ecosystem they took that opportunity to build upon their communities and um kind of build wealth within their communities uh so you're not even allowed to go to the waterfall or to the um, different excursions without a local guide or without a local person to um, kind of take you through. And that's in order to maintain the integrity of the nature, you know, make sure no one's, you know, ruining the land with litter, all that stuff. So um, that local aspect was really cool to me. Yeah, for sure. The food is amazing there too. Yeah, our space, our lodging was amazing. I mean, the villa that we had was just great. It was maybe like five to ten minutes away from from the beach, which was really cool. But, yeah, I mean, all in all, we have so many stories. I mean, you're just getting plopped in, like, Mexico City. (laughs) You know, it's... Literally, we were just getting plopped in places. places. (laughs) Yeah, like, we would literally say, hey, guys, all right, we got two weeks to prepare. Uh, Book your tickets. You're flying out in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember November, we did... We did Rio. From Rio, we went straight to Sao Paulo. We came back, and then we went straight. So we had a week break. Then we went straight to South Korea, Seoul, South Korea, and then Bali. So we did all of that in That's November wild. and just had, like, our like Thanksgiving break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Bali was our last, last trip, if I'm not mistaken. So never forget those times. Again, like Malik said, it was pre-COVID, and – I'm so glad and grateful that we got a chance to experience and travel the world, um, you know, right before pandemic hit. So, yeah, I'll, I'll cherish those moments forever. We have so much footage that we're now editing up um, just because we haven't had the time to do so um, over the last year. But now we're getting a chance to, like, really see some of that footage, and, and it's really cool to, to check out. Yeah, that's crazy. It seems like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm, I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so y'all have definitely been telling a lot of stories here as well, like in these communities with, I mean, business leaders, entrepreneurs, creatives. So tell me, I mean, how important and, and what does it mean to you to tell all the stories of the people in this Charlotte community? Man, it's really, really important. Um, like I said, I've been here for now 11 years and been able to grow with the city. So from 18 up until I'm 28 now. So, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been able to see the growth and the progression of the city. Um, you know, it's experiencing a, an economic boom, right? Like we had one of the biggest mergers um, happen with, with BB&T and SunTrust, um, you know, merging and, and making choice, right? And so also just understanding, um, you know, what the real estate market is doing, right? Like what, how gentrification is affecting, you know, the communities like the West Side, or the east side and uh, understanding the historical significance of, you know, what happened in the early 1900s with urban renewal and how folks in the Brooklyn neighborhood got displaced and they were, they had to relocate over to Biddleville, right? Like really understanding the history of Charlotte and then being able to tell some of those stories. I mean, that's priceless because, you know, not only are we stationed here and we're headquartered here, but we really truly care about the community. Um, you know, we're a part of it. And to be able to tell the stories of folks that came before us or the folks that are here now um, that are operating, trying to survive and thrive. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better job. I mean, we got a chance to tell the stories of um, some of the Brooklyn residents for uh, an exhibition that the Levine Museum of the New South um, was, was creating. And so 
that was a phenomenal experience. And so, you know, more recently, we just documented uh, five uh, grant recipients of the Innovation Fund uh, that was put on by Honeywell, Charlotte Center City Partners, in collaboration with some other organizations. So to be able to document their story, you know, go to their places of business and create a video asset that could really highlight the good works that, you know, some other institutions are, are doing, that meant a lot to us. So we're going to just continue to, you know, build off of the foundation we've already laid and tell more stories. Um, we've all also created a kind of our own docu-series called New Age Creatives. We started that in 2019, and it's a passion project of ours, but it's all around um, telling stories of entrepreneurs, creatives, artists from, you know, all around, you know, the United States and then potentially the world. But uh, being able to, you know, share those stories, you know, document their day to days. Uh, I think it, what, one thing that it really helps, in my opinion, is for kids or folks that you know, are in a place right now where they may not know which direction they want to go in. To be able to hear and then see somebody else's story, I think is really impactful because now you know that it's possible. I think before beforehand, you only see, you only know what you know, right? And you don't know what you don't know. So if it's not exposed to you, then you would never know that you can be an entrepreneur and strictly make money off social media. Nowadays, you, you probably know that because everybody's on social media. But <laughs> just for example, right? There's a lot of different you know ways for you know, really pursue your passion and make a living doing so. And to be able to tell those stories and inspire people along the way, I think is really, really important to us. I was going to touch on that new age creative thing as well. So, I mean, did that come about because maybe you weren't fulfilling like a creative side that you had in like the work that you were getting, like you had to express it somewhere else? How did that come about? Yeah, there's always a mix of like work that we have to do to pay the bills and then work that we want to do for fun. And we, we've been working on kind of bringing those two together and um, you know, making all of our work, uh, fun work or, or creative work. Um, but yeah, the new age creative docu-series was actually after I graduated app state. Um, it was kind of just a project that I wanted to do to, uh, travel a little bit to, to see different communities like New York, LA, and just document, um, and more so just learn from the people that I've seen on social media that, um, we're doing big things and people kind of idolize them or see them as these uh, great, you know, artists, entrepreneurs, but just to humanize them a little bit and, and really hear their story and hear their background. Uh, I know on social media, it's hard to like see, you know, the real work that gets put into, you know, growing a following or growing uh, a brand. So that was kind of important and kind of drove me to just see, you know, see what their story was and be able to tell it in a, in a meaningful way. So. Yeah. yeah. What, what Malik didn't mention, right, is <laughs> to your question, Carson. Yeah. Yeah. There was some frustration. I remember having conversations about the work that we were doing and it was great. Like you said, it was paying the bills, mm -hmm. but there we were missing that creative element, that opportunity to just go out and film whatever it is that we wanted to film. And so after listening to, you know, our conversations um, that we would have our meet during our meetings, what Malik, I'm sorry, what Najim and myself did was for Malik's graduation present, we bought a ticket to New York and in LA. And then on the back end, I reached out to a couple of my friends in New York, same in LA. In LA, we kind of winged it, but in New York, we had two of my close friends, one that worked for Google and the other one 
um, was a, he still is an actor and a percussionist. We were able to capture their stories and then flew right over to LA. And when we were over in LA, we, we set up the interview while we were in New York. So through a contact in New York, we set up an uh, interview for New Age Creatives in LA. And then we were able to get like two more interviews while we were there. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like the backstory. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, they it was trying to they were trying to surprise me with it and like <laughs> not tell me what where we were going until we were at the airport. But I was like, I need to know what I need to pack. Like, <laughs> I need to know what gear I need to bring. Yeah. Um. But yeah, w- once we got to New York, we were able to edit kind of like teasers to kind of pitch to mm-hmm. people in LA. Obviously, LA is it has a large creative community as well. Yeah. So, um, and people are busy, so you don't want to just roll up on people and be like, hey, you want to interview? So. <laughs> Yeah, we were able to kind of show them what what it was and, and got them on camera. That was definitely a game changer because yeah. like some people like we didn't know so personally. Yeah, yeah, and I had to just, just cold call. They're like, eh. right, right. I just had to. <laughs> but hit if, them up. if you got something to show, then yeah. yeah, it's easier. It's different. Yeah, when they see what it can be, and so yeah, we were then able to like garner relationships after the fact. But mm-hmm. we're still really proud of New Age Creatives, and we're going to continue to you know press forward with it when we have the time. Um, but right now, client work is just taking yeah, off time. Busy. Yeah, would you sure. say though that that kind of satisfied that creative itch a, a bit i think it did yeah for sure um i was working on it for a while and editing just because since it is was a passion like creative project you can take as much time as you want on it um and i really you know was able to do that and now um we've released like about five videos um planning a f- some more uh with charlotte cribs and i think yeah, it did release kind of like a, a creative drive and kind of influence more creative work that we did um, last year going into this year. That's awesome. So do you guys have anything coming up in the future soon that you're pretty hyped on creative-wise? Um, More so just like additional con- – like we're trying to get in front of the camera more often. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't – obviously, we're still trying to get more comfortable with like <laughs> talking, being on camera. We're trying to start our own podcast, but um, – yeah, that's something that we've we've set goals for this year as far as just um, maintaining our own brands and maintaining our own content so that we can teach, you know, educate people on uh, camera gear, business tips um, from Kalo's perspective and um, just continue being an, an inspiration to people in our community. So, yeah. Yeah, we definitely have a bunch of client work. Um, we're also working on launching a a new business model as well that will be more so in the form of an agency so that's really exciting being able to work with more folks and then um, expand some of our service offerings so that should be released pretty soon and like malik mentioned that original content is going to be key for us um, getting in front of the camera letting people in on you know our experience you know what it was like to you know start a business Early on at, at 23, I think Malik was like 18, mm-hmm. to now growing the business into what it is now. Um, I think a lot of folks, they see, you know, uh, the highlights on social media, but they don't understand the real work that goes behind the scenes, oh, yeah. you know. And so uh, we'd love to be able to open up a little bit, get a little more intimate, um, maybe create some courses, things of that nature. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity, but I think, you know, if we are intentional about investing uh, on the front end in you know creating content that's of value to people and on the back end it's really gonna you know help out a bunch so um yeah just 
all in all, we're, we're excited to, to be here. We're excited for the opportunity to create. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more content, you know, coming from us really soon. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing what y'all put out. Where, where can the people find y'all at? Yeah, we're on Instagram at Lloyd Visuals or all social media at Lloyd Visuals. Um, our website is LloydVisuals.com. Uh, where else? Yeah, that's it. I mean, Lloyd Visuals 1L. Um, yeah, 1L. Malik's, Malik, what, Malik Lloyd at? Yeah, at Malik Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Khalil Lloyd, right? Yeah. Um, in the middle, Najim is is Stilo Jim. So, um, but if you go to our page, all of our individual profiles are linked there. Um, yeah, I mean, if you guys like to hear uh, me running around the city, listen to music, you know, feel free to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all in all, Carson, we appreciate you having us yeah. on, and it's, it's been fun to chop it up. Definitely happy to have y'all. All right, so that about wraps it up. As always, you can find us on Instagram at the QCC, also at spiritualbuzz.com. Let us know who you may want to hear from on next week's episode and on any of our platforms. And you've been listening to the QCC.